Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I'm Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me. Welcome to this week's recap and rant. I uh, got in some fishing this weekend. Um, well, first, I had to get the boat up in order because uh, I've been having this issue I got a hummingbird last year new graph for the boat and uh, the little the plastic mounting bracket that they had broke um, twice the first time it cost me a couple hundred bucks because it actually ripped off while it broke and I was going full clip across the lake I noticed my uh, I started reading some wonky numbers like depth and temperature and all that. And then when I finally put the boat on the trailer, I go back there and look to see what the heck's going on. And there is no transducer. So it like ripped it right off. And so I was able to um, find a new one and get that on. Cause that was last summer. Uh, was that for the, I think that was for our club events. No, that was right before the state tournament, I believe. Yeah, was it? Mm, I can't remember. It was either either for the state tournament. No, that was for our club tournaments. I had a whole separate issue. Uh, my motor went into safe mode because of a bad um, oil reservoir. Uh, was throwing a code and put me in safe mode. I had to limp all the way back to the the landing. Uh, that was that was before 
uh, the state tournament, I believe. Mm, I have to go back and look. I might have those mixed up. But anyways, there is issues, <laughs> and it kept breaking off. So I get the new one, and that lasted, you know, that worked for, uh, I don't remember, a couple months. And then same thing, I noticed the numbers were wonky again. But this time I slowed down right away, and look, sure enough, that thing's just swinging in the water. What in the heck? And uh, so this time around, uh, and that was like towards the end of the season last year. So I was like, well, I wasn't really too concerned about it. But um, so I did a little research and found out that Hummingbird does make a metal bracket for that. And I'm like, well, that seems to be the way to go because I just don't, if, if I buy another plastic one, I just feel like it's going to be a matter of time. Like it's just going to break again. I'm not going to have any, every time I go full clip, I'm going to be worried that that thing's going to freaking crack off again. Um, so now I had the metal bracket on there. I spent the the morning, uh, Saturday morning, getting that ready and then just cleaning up the boat because it's been in the garage all winter. So dust and evacuate, you know, uh, evicting some mice if there were any in there. I didn't, I didn't really, there was some, some mouse activity in there, but it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, I actually have this really old Ranger, like a 77 Ranger, um, that I'm selling if anybody's interested. The uh, motor doesn't work. I'll give it to you for a steal. Um, make me an offer like it's the hull needs some work um it's got a motor guide trolling motor on it little tiny hummingbird um fish finder on it but be a good project boat for somebody um like i said i'd virtually not literally give it away but virtually give it away like i don't know a couple hundred bucks i don't just hit me up make me an offer (laughs) i'll i just need to get rid of it uh so anyways that thing i pulled that thing out and uh that was a mouse motel in there. I had to give that a really good cleaning. Um, so that's it's all cleaned up and ready to go now. But Oh, I actually put, um, before the engine lost its compression, I was in the process of fixing it up. So I put new carpet and stuff on it. So it actually looks pretty decent. But anyways, uh, back to the current. So uh, that's kind of what I did. And then the uh, latter half of Saturday, I'm like, well, let's get this thing out on the water and make sure everything works. Started up for the first time this season and just, you know, take it for a little spin and and uh, go catch some some panfish here in Minnesota. So that's what I did. Dropped in local lake and uh, went around and everything worked the way it should. The graph was working the way it should. The motor started up right away. That was always good. Um, I got a different trolling motor this year. I got that from uh, Joel. Because uh, they upgraded to uh, Altrex, which I'm very envious of. That's uh, an upgrade I badly want to do. Uh, but I got his old Minn Kota, which will be a, a step up from uh, my motor guide that I had. Um, I mean, I think it's 74 pounds for the Minn Kota, and it was a 70-pound thrust on the motor guide. But I just think the motor guide's like, I think it's old. It just doesn't seem like it has full power when when you're going so this uh slightly newer minkota hopefully that'll uh do me good uh so i put that on uh my buddy mike helped me put that on and uh so that's ready to rock and roll so i get out on uh, i was on in chisago and uh, just tooling around checking out the shallows see if the panfish had moved up yet uh some of them for sure have the water temperature is about 55 degrees um 
And it was hot. Oh, my God. Saturday was ridiculous. It was 87 freaking degrees. May 1st in Minnesota. That is just, I mean, we could have a snowstorm. Well, we could have a, easily have a snowstorm. It was snowing a week ago. I mean, not a lot, but there was flurries in the air. And then now it's almost 90. And that was for one day. But, you know, I went around, checked some spots, and I uh, they weren't really crushing it. I was making different changes. I had a bobber on, then I took the bobber off, and it was just swimming a really light jig and uh, throwing that um, my custom, my Kishler custom panfish rod that I had made up. Things almost seven feet. Um, it's got a really fast tip on it. Super sensitive, and that, that thing is perfectly balanced with a thousand series Daiwa reel on it. And I just, you've heard me talk about this rod before. I, I just, I, it's my favorite combo on my boat. I mean, I, any excuse to use it. And right now, it's prime time pan fishing, so um, it's perfect. You can just, you can feel every like kick of their fin. It's awesome, and you can having that little extra length just helps you zip that bait out there in the water when you're using a tiny little jig it's it's awesome and uh you just can't get them you can't buy them like this in a store I, i've never understood why you go into a, a store to buy an ultralight and the thing is five feet long it's like what 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 good does this do this doesn't help me cast get this thing way out there so um i talked to alan had him had him make me a long one and he did and i freaking love it so uh yeah, little free ad for Alan Kishler Kishler Customs. You can check him out on Facebook. Uh if you're interested in, in the setup that I got, uh just tell him you want the, the same one I got, the full scale outdoors ultralight. Hopefully he has the specs for it. If not, he can call me and I can give them to him. And get yourself a badass panfish rod for this uh for this upcoming season. You won't regret it. They're not cheap, but man, it's worth it. It's this thing is awesome. Anyways, back to the report. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. Um, so anyways, I'm whipping that thing around and uh, picking up some crappies and some gills here and there. Ooh, I lost a really good crappie. I uh, set the hook on it, rod loaded up, and I just saw him, like, it popped out right as he, like, turned broadside so I could see how big it was. And I was like, ooh, that was a nice one. I would conservative say 12, but he might have been 13. Uh, it was... It was a good one. Um, so I kind of thought I had something going there, but couldn't really repeat anything. Like, they were just scattered. Um, and then, But I, I had a good time. I was out there, and, and uh, holy crap, the ramp was so busy. I mean, that boat ramp on Chisago, was pretty, it holds a lot of boats. And that thing was pretty much full. When I first pulled in, I was like, I might have to go to a different lake. I don't know if there's going to be an open spot. I saw a open spot, and then I kind of looked, and people were coming off of the lake. So I'm like, oh, well, that's if I got to wait in line at the ramp, that ain't going to be a big deal because they're all empty trailers. So there for sure will be a spot. So I dumped it in and went. But um, we'll get to the landing circus in the rant part of this program. Um, yeah, so I just then I just kind of came running gun. I just wanted to check off a bunch of different spots and uh, got a couple bass, incidentally, on the small jigs, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good first time out for the boat. I'm glad everything worked the way it should. Um, but looking at the electronics, they're not there was I was still marking some schools of panfish, more than likely crappies, uh, staging out a little bit deeper. So they haven't all moved up yet. But I 
I suspect here in, in a week or so it should get well it's just going to keep getting better and better right up till the time they spawn of course and uh so fishing's really heating up of course here in Minnesota we're still waiting for a stupid opener which seems later this year than normal so not this coming weekend but the following weekend so for those of you not listening in Minnesota Wisconsin that have these fishing openers where your season's open all year round probably doesn't make any sense to you yeah there's a time of the year where we can't fish for bass not even catch and release well wisconsin fixed that last year so they they made it you can catch and release all year and then they still have their like when you can keep them season which is what minnesota should do in my opinion like that just seems to make sense most people don't keep bass anyways but at least have the catch and release option all year long and then you have the keep opener, and then you can still have your big walleye opener, which is like a holiday and big, big deal. A lot of money is generated there. I get, I get all that. Um, but for bass, you know, which before bass didn't even open till it was like Memorial Day weekend in Minnesota. It was ridiculous. You had to, it, it was just dumb. And you know, it was supposed to protect the spawning fish, but a lot of times they wouldn't spawn till after the season opened, anyways. So it's like this is dumb. And then they made it you can catch and release only um, for the when the actual op- like the main opener we call it here. That's the walleye and pike opener. So now then they changed it so walleye and pike opener was also the bass catch and release opener, and then you had to wait till Memorial Day to keep, which I think it's still is that way so that's just one more argument as to why it should just be year-round catch and release and then you just have that season of when you can keep um anyways secondary rant right there so i was out pan fishing is bottom line because that's what was open and um wasn't really planning to keep it i think they did catch some that would have for sure went into the box if i was keeping some but i was just having a good time playing around with it and then so uh, Sunday, uh, weather change. The uh, it was chilly. Well, it was super windy on uh, Saturday too in that heat, which is be expected. I kind of thought it would be really windy on Sunday because of the drastic temperature drop. Because it was only in the um, upper 50s, I think, um, for a high temp. And so uh, Joel, he was bow fishing the night before, so he wasn't plan on getting up early and then uh so i had some stuff to do around the house like mow the lawn before the rain came and take care of a bunch of other stuff so i did that did some tasking in the morning and i was i hadn't heard from joel so i was like well i'm gonna get ready to go and then phone buzzes look down hey we going fishing or what well yeah let's go so that worked out we uh i was like do you want to go to wisconsin for bass or do you want to catch panfish and i was like oh let's just catch panfish so we went uh, back to Chisago and uh, tooling around there and catching some more some more panfish. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, check, just kind of running around, checking off some spots, doing a little bit of scanning and, you know, before a bunch of weed growth pops up. And, and that was kind of fun. Uh, it was nice there was no wind and there and because it wasn't hot there was like not nearly as many boats at the landing so that was cool and the lake wasn't as busy we go around this corner and we're and we're fishing and there's a big eagle nest there i think there's uh, there's actually a couple eagle nests in that lake but this one's on the south end i think people probably know which that are familiar with the lake are going to know what spot this is 
Um, nothing special fishing-wise. We we did catch some fish there, but these two eagles are up there kind of eyeballing us and sort of like, hey, I wonder if they would uh, eat a fish if we tossed them a fish. So caught another gill and threw it out to it, whipped it out to it um, to see if they'd come down and get it. And as I, I throw it out there and I hear bloop, I was like, what the hell, what the hell was that? And I look down around me, like, what did I kick into the water? And I'm looking where I'm standing on the boat, and there's nothing that could have been kicked in. And so my mind quickly races through the checkoff list of what possibly could have went in the water, and the light bulb goes on. I had put my phone in my, the pocket of my raincoat because it would kind of been raining off and on, pretty light, but it was like enough to enough to warrant putting that on. And so I had my phone in my pocket, in my raincoat pocket. Well, as I frisbeed that bluegill out there for those eagles, I guess the me just twisting my torso was enough centrifugal force to send that phone out flying right into the drink. You gotta be kidding me. Unreal. So he's Joel's looking at me, he's like, oh, crap. He's like, oh, are you going to get that? I'm like, that thing's gone. How the hell am I going to get that? Am I going to swim down there? 55-degree water? If I can even find it. I mean, there's weeds everywhere. And so, I mean, we we try. I start, you know, we weren't moving that fast for one. So he kind of backs the boat up with the trolling motor. All tracks was clutch for this, by the way. And I couldn't really see with the glare. I had to lay down on the boat. And I put my hands, cup my hands over. Um, so I could basically just see like straight below me. Couldn't see off. I mean, whatever cone, I kind of shade it. And thank God it wasn't windy. If it had been windy, pointless. Don't even bother. First of all, we would have already been blown off the spot, you know, whatever. Um, but we're still pretty close to there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit, I see it. And so I have, the, I have an otter case on it. An Otterbox case, and it's got the camo on the one side, but then it's got the blaze orange on the, um, like the around the edge of it, and it by luck happened to land screen up, so I actually could see that outline. Like if it again, if it had flipped the other way and it was camouflage up, I probably never would have found it. But because I could see that blaze orange ring, I was able to actually find it. So I'm like, oh, it's right there. Hold the boat right here. And so I just start stripping. I start taking my clothes off, get down to my skivvies, and I hop in. And then I'm like, well, I'm already in the water. And I'm kind of, I'm like, I can't see. Like, I'm going to not, how am I going to find this thing? I'm going to have to go down there and just pat around the, the bottom until I find it. And then I feel like I'm going to move it or I'm going to cover it in silt. or so, I don't know. Like, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. So I hop back in the boat. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just hanging out in Joel's boat, my underwear, wet. And uh, trying, and so now we've moved off. Can't find the phone again. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So we move around. And of course, we didn't think at the time to like drop a waypoint, but we got back to it and the, then dropped the waypoint. And I actually was able to see it again. And Joel was trying to help me, but he could never spot it. And somehow I just was able to spot it. And I kept finding it. And I'm like, okay, well, I found it, but now what? Like, I still got to figure out, like, how am I going to. We're just gonna have to like dive in head first and 
hope for the best, like try to get a good line on it, drive to, you know, and again, I'm like, "Ah, but if it doesn't work, I'm going to stir up the bottom. I can move it. I like that. feel like that's a one-off. Like, yeah, we have one chance to make this work. And uh, I'm like, that's just not going to work. I'm like, I need some kind of thing. And Joel's like, hold on, wait, hold on. He's like, so he has a spot marker, this little buoy with the lead weight on it. I'm like, oh, perfect. Give me that. So we went, got that and then we end up losing the phone again we had to go back and try to find it and we find i'm like oh cool that's so i don't know five ten minutes took us and i finally i'm like oh i found it again so i strip off the line on that marker buoy and i drop the weight down and wait i get the weight literally sit on the screen of my phone i'm like okay and then i I let the set the buoy down gently i'm like okay we got that part now we know where it is we can find it we don't have to hunt for it anymore, and we still got to figure out how to get it. And I'm like, I can't really just like use the the line to guide my way because it'll just move. It'll just obviously it'll just move off of the phone, and then I'm back to square one. I'm like, I need a pole, long pole. I was like, you got a net in here? And he's like, no. I'm like, damn it, because I feel like with a net, I could probably, especially if it had a long enough handle, I could reach it down there. Because we're in about six feet of water. And I could reach down in there, and I probably could have just scooped it up, you know. But no net, so that was out. And I was like, well, let's go get a long stick, and hopefully I can poke it into the bottom right close to the phone, and I can use that as a guide my way down to the bottom. So we abandon the spot. We drive around, beach the boat. Joel jumps off, and we find this nice, relatively straight, eight-foot, dead stick and uh, go back and at this time like it was starting to uncoil on the thing so it was actually kind of going at a bit of an angle so we had to trace that line back but the way it was still sitting on the phone that part was we're, we're still good there and now I'm like trying to shove this thing and it's actually for as many weeds as there were around I mean that's the other lucky thing um, this didn't fall like in weeds it could have easily fell in the weeds game over Forget it. You're not even going to find it. But it ha- happened to fall in a bare spot, like a sand spot. And it is sand. It was hard bottom there. So the stick wasn't even really going in that good. And I kind of thought I had it in one time. I let go, and it just popped right back up. I was like, oh, damn it. And then I was worried it was going to hit the string on the on the weight and the buoy and mess the whole thing up. And, of course, messing around, I'm starting to dirty the water up. I'm not seeing it's getting harder and harder to spot that thing. But thankfully that marker buoy was still there and so I take the stick and I look at it and I'm like alright I'm going to try to break it so I can get it because it's kind of blunt end so I broke it and put a little bit of a bevel on it to a little more of a point so go back over there position dig that stick in there it's not really going in there and I'm I'm start I just like twist it in there really like trying to push it I'm pushing the boat away as I'm trying to it's like as I'm trying to get this stick this hold and it finally kind of sort of holds. I'm like, all right, don't float, don't float, don't float. And it seems like it's staying. So now we move the boat around, kind of back down into it. I'm like, I want to come off the back of the boat so I can, you know, lower myself in. I don't want to cannonball in there and wreck, you know, big waves. And then it's going to dislodge the stick and move the string and the whole thing will be chaos. Um, so I jump in. You know, keep in mind, it's... 50 some degrees outside. The water temp is 55 degrees. <laughs> I mean, 
thankfully, and thankfully it wasn't busy because if that had to deal with wakes or anything else, like I'm not really worried about anybody seeing me underwear, but it's like, eh, it might've been kind of awkward. would have been funny, but whatever. Uh, so I lower myself in and I get over to where it is, uh, the stick. I'm like, all right, well, here goes nothing. Take a deep breath, dive down in there. And I just use that stick as my guy to get all the way to the bottom move my hand over, feel my phone right away, grab it, come right up to the surface, <laughs> throw that phone in the boat, and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Actually got it. I bet that bo- phone was fully submerged for 30 minutes at least. Uh, and I have an OtterBox for it, but it's not a life-proof, so it's not waterproof. Now, I do know it's it's an iPhone 10, so I know they're, like, water-resistant up to a little bit, or they can, you know, there's a certain amount of time or there, there's a whatever. And uh, it actually turned on. It worked. It wasn't perfect. There's uh, sound issues. Uh, later in the day, my daughter called me, and I was talking to her. She's like, I can't hear you really good. You sound weird. And she wasn't really coming. I'm like, yeah, I dropped my phone in the lake. Uh, shit might need to dry out a little bit. And uh, so did that. And then when I got home, uh, plugged the phone in. And it said uh, water in the charging port, charging disabled. I'm like, oh, crap. And so I don't know why I didn't think of this at the time. As soon as I got out of the lake, I should have taken it out of the case, which I didn't do. So I take it out of the case, and sure enough, it's there's some moisture in the case because, duh. And uh, so I just kind of let it sit there a little bit and then tried the charging unit again. And then it, it came on. It started charging. And so I left it all night, but when I woke up, it wasn't fully charged. Only like 75% charge, and the charging light, like a little, like, um, you know, lightning bolt thing wasn't on, so it wasn't actually charging. And so I've been fighting with that kind of all day. Um, it's not, it, you know, it seems to be, looking at it right now, it seems to be charging, but I don't know. So I might, might still have to get a different phone but at least now i can use the insurance that i have on it because i have a physical phone <laughs> i have the actual phone otherwise i would have been screwed um yeah so if you're interested i posted it on uh, facebook and uh made a tiktok out of it so uh feel free to go find that uh have some entertainment at my expense uh you can see my wonderful pasty white dad bod uh and a pair of of uh, wet black uh, under drawers. So yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that worked. Oh, you know what? If I had like, and who carries this, right? But if I had had like uh, swimming goggles or a snorkel mask, this would have been done in five minutes. I'd have hopped in. I would have seen it, dove down, got it, boom, would have been done, done and over with, no problem. I might actually buy a cheap pair of swimming goggles and just throw them in my boat. Why not? They don't take up any space. But that's one of those things like better to have it not need it than to need it not have it kind of things, right? Like you, you're you going to be a hero someday. Somebody else drops their phone and you're like, I got this. I mean, as long as you're not in 30 feet of water, right? I mean, that also helped that we were in relatively shallow water. I was able to, to get it and even clean enough water that I could see it. But I, mean, I, could, I could see that happening again or maybe you drop a – expensive rod and reel into the water or something like that, which Joel almost did. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be so bad because you can always just grab the line and, and pull it up because we were, we were using bobbers. But, yeah, I might actually throw in some swimming goggles and just 
put that in right there with the other tools, you know, the emergency stuff. Um, <laughs> so I recommend that. <laughs> if you haven't done so, which I assume most people probably haven't, grab a pair of swim goggles, throw them in the boat, set it and forget it. You may never use them. Hopefully you never do. But if you need to use them, you're going to be like, thank God I have those in there. <sighs> Man. So that was, yeah, that was interesting. So had to go commando for the rest of the fishing trip. That's felt weird, but I was dry and uh, that's all that matters. So yeah, we kept fishing and caught some more fish and it was, it was a, a good day. <laughs> a little eventful, but uh, made for a good story. So that's, uh, that's all I got for a recap for you as far as I, I haven't gone turkey hunting yet. Um, I don't just the schedule. This just hasn't really worked out. I there's still time. Maybe maybe I'll still get out one of these days. But um, I'm not usually that into it. I mean, last year I gave it a decent try. I mean, by my standards, a decent try, which wasn't all that great. And I just haven't had that much interest in it this year at all. But I feel like I just gotta get out and give it a shot. I mean, I bought a tag, right? I might as well not waste the money and. Give it a shot. Some uh, morale reports are starting to come in. They're pretty spotty. Um, for as much rain as we got in April, stuff has already dried out. People are complaining that we need some rain to get those mushrooms going and a little bit warmer. So this week, I think we got highs like in the 50s, but next week is highs in the 60s. So it looks like for as early of a spring as we had or thought we were having, I think the main morel season is going to be right on schedule you know middle of may right through memorial day weekend so but the fiddleheads are going um there's there are other you know and um the pheasant backs dried saddles those mushrooms are growing um i haven't seen any of these yet but i, ex- I expect to start seeing some oyster mushrooms uh reports coming in so if you're into foraging take a go ahead and take a walk in the woods if you're already out there uh turkey hunting just kind of forge your way back. Uh, you might be surprised at what you've seen. I did have some beaver traps out. Um, those are following on Snapchat. Had them out there for about a week. Checked them a couple times. Got nothing. So pulled them. I pulled them because there wasn't much fresh sign around. And I ran into another trapper that was out there. And he kind of said the same thing. So I was like, wow, this is kind of pointless. So there you go. There's your there's your recap. Um, my rant is don't. Be a douchebag at the landing. So come on. So irritating. So I'm coming off the lake on Saturday, and there's a guy. So I, you know, I pull up, I beach my boat, go up, grab the truck, get in line. There's a guy putting in a. No, I take that back. He's loading. A pontoon boat. Now I get those take those aren't super quick. They take a little bit of doing, and so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. The other guy had like this brand new, big old Vexus boat, probably like a hundred thousand dollar boat, and the way he's driving it, I'm like, this is the first boat this guy's ever owned. Him and him and his old lady just trying to figure this out, and the trailer looked like a pretty nice, typical like bunk trailer. Like just drive up. This should be super easy. So they're fiddle-fucking around, and they finally get this thing on the the trailer. Um, 
before they did that, though, the pontoon finally got loaded up and they headed up the hill. And so I was able to get in line and I backed down. And as I'm launch, I go hop my boat and I drive around. And as I'm coming up to put my boat on the trailer, that Vexus was loaded up, had pulled up off the ramp, and then parked right there to get out and start strapping his boat down while there's another truck and trailer waiting to use the launch. Who does that? How how much into yourself do you have to be to not unaware of your surroundings to realize, hey, maybe I should move so this other guy can use the other side of this launch and just wait for you to strap your boat in. But do it up at the top. There's a shit ton of room up there. It's unreal. I mean, I've I've seen way more circus events at the landing, but that kind of shit drives me crazy. There was zero reason for him to stop right there. Zero. Z-E-E-E-R-O. Oh, man, that... I was just like, I thought about saying something, and then I was like, I don't want to be that guy. And then I didn't say something, and then I was going to say something. And then... And then they, I don't know if they finally got the hint or what, but then they actually did pull up and got out of the way until the guy was able to get and load his boat up. And then they went up to where you should have stopped and proceeded to continue to fuck with their boat or whatever. And then the other pontoon is up there still dicking around too. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. Like it was probably like a solid 10 minutes for both those boats collectively to get their shit together and get it out. And I think, you know, I had my not waiting in line. We don't count that time by, you know, beaching my boat, backing down, loading my boat on the trailer, and going up to where you should stop to strap your boat in, drain your live well, and that kind of stuff. Took me probably two minutes. <laughs> Tops. Ugh, it's so irritating. I don't know why it's so hard for some people. I get, like, people have a pat- problem backing up trailers. They're new to it. Not everybody's going to be an expert right away. I understand that. But that kind of just lack of awareness of what other people are doing is super irritating. It's just so incredibly selfish. So do not be a douchebag at the landing. Be quick. Get out of the way as fast as you can. Everybody else wants to get off the water or on the water, or whatever the case may be. So there's my there's my rant. You'll probably hear more and more of that. Oh, yeah, there's already stupid jet skiers around too, but we'll save that for another time. I'm sure you're going to get to hear me bitch about wake boats again this summer. I mean, jet skis are one thing. They're not that bad as long as they just keep their distance, but wake boats, there's just no saving grace for those stupid things. Oh, burn them to the ground. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that's uh, your recap <laughs> and rant. Thank you guys for uh, listening. I appreciate it. Um, stay tuned. Like I said, if you want to go check out that video, it's pretty funny TikTok uh, that I made. Of course, I have that, you know, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Had to use that soundtrack for that, but uh, I don't know. It, it turned out pretty funny. Thankfully, Joel's actually Snapchatting it, so that uh, I would have been disappointed had he have not. Because the first time I jumped in and came back out, he he wasn't. So I was like, 
I didn't even say anything, but in my mind, I'm like, why aren't you filming this? This is gold. Like, this is ridiculous. But anyways, all right, that's all I got for you. Uh, I got an episode coming up. Got another Waterfall Wednesday coming up with Nick J. And then I got a pretty interesting one coming up. I got a, it's going to be different. It's uh, doing some exotic hunts down in New Mexico. I got a guide uh, down there, Jared, that I'm going to be talking to. So uh, stay tuned for that one. You guys have anybody that you want me to talk to, a subject you'd like to you'd like me to rant about, get my opinion about, whatever, feel free send me a message uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Uh, you can send it to my email at Lugenville at fullscaleoutdoors.com. And, uh, yeah, I'll respond and uh, give me some content. Like I said, if you got a guest that you know, you got a guide, uh, social media personality, uh, just somebody that has really kick-ass stories, you know, <laughs> just whatever. Send them my way. Let me know. Or uh, have, have them call me. It doesn't matter. And uh, we'll just keep growing the same together. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.